Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 26 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back at you, Peter, with Jace, Max, and Soup. Producer Nick C, how is everybody doing out there? Oh, I'm I'm living the dream, Peter. Hearing hearing you give that intro, it makes my heart tingle. Oh, I'm feeling pretty decent. You know, this is a an, an audio only podcast, but Max and I currently have white hoodies on. We both have the hood up right now. I just it feels good to be a part of something, you know. So I'm, I'm just feeling, <laughs> feeling really good. Part of, you're part of something bigger than yourself. That's right, man. That's right. White, white hoodie gang. All right. Really quick. Did want to say uh, little small condolences um, to us, the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. We're going to be only having one football game left in the season in the next four days. So, you know, the bell will toll for all of our football loving uh, brains and fantasy teams, but it just means a better offseason coming up. I mean, like, I'm just still just in shock and awe of like how amazing the Pro Bowl was. I, I just, I'm not over it. And we'll I get there. We'll get there. I, I know. I just, I just don't want to move to the Super Bowl yet. The Pro Bowl was probably one of the best football games I've ever seen. Um, so if you haven't Max, watched it, did you see Mac Jones do the gritty? Oh my gosh! If we could have a video, I would show you guys how to gritty just as good as Mac. Malcolm McCorkle. Yeah, honestly. If I tried to hit a gritty, I, I would only hope that it looked that good. Like that for a white boy, like he hit that pretty hard. I see a lot of shade being thrown around, but I mean, he, he threw it down. He didn't go out like Schefter. Um, I, I oh. thought it was pretty nice. Freed from the shackles of Belichick. <laughs> Just having fun, man. Yeah, he was he was a hit at the Pro Bowl. You know, if you look back in history over the last three years, there's always one AFC quarterback that doesn't belong, AFC or NFC. <laughs> So this year was Mac. I believe two years ago was Trubisky. Who was it last year? It was somebody. Somebody terrible was in the Pro Bowl last year as a quarterback. Did the, did the Jets even make the Pro Bowl? They did not, but they had an All Pro, so that's what I care about even more. Who was the Braxton Berrios kick return? Oh, oh yeah, All Pro. Speaking about that uh, little tangent, he is going to be a free agent. Bill Belichick is 100%. probably going to pay Yo. him. And I picked him up. So, you know, I'll tell you the quick story. If anybody didn't hear on part of my take uh, when they recently interviewed Braxton Berrios, Bill Belichick has told Adam Gase and other people in the Jets organization that Braxton is the one that got away. Um, so Braxton's going to be a free agent this offseason. I'd be shocked if he doesn't sign there because he is asking for way too much money from the Jets. He's asking for $9 million a year. Um, mm. And I think he's like the perfect scheme fit for Mac Jones and that, that offense up there. So I'd go pick him up. Yeah. I also know he could just be somewhat of a placeholder until Hunter Renfro becomes available. Cause I know Mac Jones and uh, Hunter Renfro hooked one up uh, in the pro Bowl game too. So like, you know, maybe not a placeholder, but one day where we could see Hunter Renfro on one side of the field and Braxton Berrios on the other, like, Oh boy. I would not that, be mad. That'd be kind of sick. The meme of Bill Belichick with the binoculars is going <laughs> yeah. crazy right now. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into the show real quick. Have a great one for you today. We're going to be doing some senior bowl reactions. Uh, I was glued to my television this week watching the senior bowl practice in the game. Uh, we'll talk at length about the events that transpired during and after the pro bowl. Um, more specifically about Mr. Alvin Kamara and what you should be doing. Um, we'll do some Super Bowl predictions. And then at the end of the show, we'll do a dynasty startup mock draft. Tis the season, gentlemen. It is time. Everybody's going to get their mock drafts in for startup leagues. I know a lot of you heard this podcast and wanted to make your own dynasty league. So we're going to give you a little four round mock draft. It's going to be 12 team, one quarterback, half PPR, four point passing touchdown, which is what everybody should play, but have fun. I did want to give a shout out to our Twitter page at Dynasty Monarchy. Uh, we've been growing and we are here to celebrate our first 100 followers. 
And I know some newer people are like, wow, how do these guys only have a hundred followers? They sound like they're 10,000 episodes in, you know, they're super <laughs> polished, but no, we're, we're growing our Twitter presence. And again, at the end of the day, we're not doing this to, you know, make a lot of money off the podcast or do anything. We're doing this because we love fantasy football and we want to help as many people out as possible and be a tool uh, and a resource for good in the community. So give us a follow on Twitter at dynasty monarchy. All of our individual Twitters are linked there as well. Um, so at dynasty monarchy, we have a couple fun things going on over there. We do have a couple fun things. I, I don't do it for the money. Um, yes. I like helping you guys out. I do it more just to hear Peter's takes on his players just <laughs> and, and uh, turn them against him and hopefully get some good deals out of him. But I'm going to make him an offer again with you and Jace, but Peter, Peter's easier to trade with because he's so, so naive. Lovable. Love lovable is a better word. Lovable. Sure. Peter. Um, but on the Twitter, the, the couple of fun things I teased that we are doing Super Bowl boxes on Twitter. Uh, you can DM us if you want to purchase a box, two, three, four, five, all 100. You're guaranteed to win uh, if you purchase all 100 boxes. But there'll be $10 a box. Payouts are going to be uh, on there as well. And then we're doing a Tyree Kill jersey giveaway, still signed Tyree Kill jersey giveaway. Um, and then one last thing before we get into the show, we did want to say another huge, huge, huge shout out to Game Day Liner, our OG sponsor. Spice up your tailgate this offseason with the original Turp Truck Bed Liner. Sport your team, company, custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners designed and crafted in the United States of America. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or wherever you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet party and work proof visit gamedayliner.com and use the discount code dynasty 22 all lowercase dynasty 22 to score 15 percent off your custom liner and again this is a very versatile product it doesn't have to go in the back of your truck you can use this doormat you can use it in any style any way that you see fit that's again code dynasty 22 at gamedayliner.com to get 15 percent off your very own turf truck bed liner and with that being said let's get into the episode senior bowl reactions as a lot of people know i drop them name drop them often i am a huge new york jets fan uh yes everybody no. you know cue the laugh track jace cue the laugh track i know it's funny but the Jets were coaching the Senior Bowl, so my eyes were on there. I have a couple notes from the Senior Bowl from practice during the week as well as uh, the game itself. What kind of rookies do you think are going to thrive in this draft class before we get into the Senior Bowl? Do you think it's going to be a little bit more of a receiver, running back, or is it more D-line, O-line kind of draft? If I'm watching the senior bowl and watching practice, there's no chance I'm watching a lineman play. Oh, um, you're crazy. <laughs> They're the best. Well, that's what I'll leave you to do. I will watch the receivers and I was out on the 22 class. I'm still not all the way in, but a lot of good receiver talent from what I've been hearing. Yeah. From a fantasy perspective, I've heard this class is the best at wide receiver, but in general, I've heard <clears throat> different whispers that this is a pretty good defensive class overall. So um, I've heard that a lot of teams are going to be going that direction pretty early on in the draft that, and I've heard there's some really nice, I mean, I don't watch any offensive lineman practices or uh, they're uh, the best. Tape. The, Nick C, if you were watching practice during the week, which I know you, you were, they're the best. They're the most entertaining because those O linemen and D linemen start going at each other and they start fighting. It's great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely love watching those, those things. I got a little peak, definitely not as in depth as you, Peter, but. Uh, definitely excited for the defense. I mean, I got a shout out Sauce Gardner, best cornerback in the draft, but that's all I'll say on that. Sauce yeah. Gardner. He looked really good out there. Uh, all the all the film I was watching on him. For uh, IDP leagues, maybe he's worth a flyer. I don't know how many people play IDP, but Sauce looked incredible, and it's all going to depend on his landing spot and if he could be the CB2 or CB1. If he's the, if he's the Jets corner, he'll be CB1. Oh, yes, he will. Um. <laughs> On a serious note, looking at uh, looking at the Senior Bowl, I'll do a quick little rundown. Obviously, a lot of the premier, I'll say premier, premier talent guys, non-quarterback related, uh, are not going to play in the Senior Bowl. That's either because they're coming out a year early or they realize they got a fat paycheck coming up and don't want to ruin their draft stock. 
But I will say, you know, the receivers in this class are incredible. Jamison Williams, it's a shame he tore his ACL, but I, I'd still feel comfortable picking him uh, at some point in the first round. Not in the NFL draft, in a rookie draft. But these are some names that I did want to highlight. I have a full notepad so the guys on the on the screen can see me. But uh, over the airwaves, you can't, sadly. I have a full chicken scratch notepad of the week of practice as well as uh, the game. So these are a couple of players I wanted to highlight. Um, first guy I wanted to highlight was uh, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Uh, he's in a kind of offense where they run the ball so much uh and he never really got to show his talent on tape but when he was out there this week he was really flashing uh he's kind of like a chase claypool or is what are the guys on the podcast call him clay's chapel clay's chapel after one of our gaffes (laughs) in the earlier episodes uh he's one of those dominating wide receivers and when i saw him him bully 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 uh the opposing team out there i i kind of peeked my head up and another guy who kind of was Calvin Ridley-esque in the tape. And again, these aren't numbered metrics. This isn't the combine yet, but just off of the eye test and good names to keep in the back of your head for these late second round picks, maybe even early thirds that can can work. So maybe this next guy would be the next Elijah Mitchell or somebody like that, uh, or Ramondre Stevenson or, or things like that. Calvin Austin from Jackson State, small HBCU, kid gets invited to come and play. He was burning corners all week. The quarterback play, which I will get into, did not was not top tier, uh, as a lot of people know in this class. But he was absolutely burning, burning, burning DBs in the drills. Uh, I would take like a third round flyer on him, no matter where he ends up, even if it's in like the Ravens offense where they don't even pass. Um, they don't pass a lot. So with that being said, those are the only two skill position guys that I really liked. Um, I know Nixie's going to talk about the running backs a little bit, but I did want to get on the quarterback. I have three notes here. Uh, No, actually four notes from the senior bowl itself. Uh, And then the first one is Malik Willis is an appreciator of chess. Mm, Uh, So appreciator of chess. And then uh, for anybody that's seen the movie, draft day Malik Willis 101 and super flex always so uh, I'm just watching him out there he was by far the the most gifted quarterback in the class uh playing with his equal leveled peers I I don't see where he misses in the NFL at a larger scale and he's definitely the quarterback one off the board for me uh in in fantasy Sam Howell is a do not draft I don't care where you're sitting at that was my note number two do not draft Sam Howell. He's like Baker Mayfield, but worse. Uh, and then another tiny little tidbit I had, uh, Malik Willis is faster than Lamar Jackson and 0.2 miles per hour slower than Kyler Murray. So these players during the senior bowl had like chips, like in their, uh, not chips, not physical, like Lay's potato chips, but actual like IBM chips in their shoulder pads. Uh, and they tracked him at 0.2 miles per hour slower than Kyler Murray, who was the fastest quarterback in the NFL this season. Damn. And then he was also faster than Lamar Jackson's peak that Lamar ever reached this year. Damn. So he is a full-fledged running back at quarterback and had the strongest arm in the class too. That's something I'd like to say. And at this point, I'll defer to Nick C for the rest. And by the way, Trevor Penning is elite left tackle or guard. He's going to be – Whoever the running back is that gets the run behind him is going to be a happy, happy, happy boy, and I would check that out. He's a freak. Mm. Yeah, so as far as building off of what Peter was talking about uh, with some of the quarterbacks, I mean, I just – I have that uh, University of Cincinnati bias, of course, but I got to shout out Desmond Ritter. I mean, he had uh, two tutties in the game. Um, I think he's definitely someone to – I don't know if you're going to specifically look to target him. He's um, definitely not the most polished passer, but he gives a, he gives that rushing upside as well. And so, I mean, I don't know. I'd definitely be worth taking a flyer in the second round, in my opinion, on him. Um, and really the only other guy that I wanted to bring up was uh, Rashad White. Um, so he's the running back from uh, Arizona State. And – he looked he looked good to me in the game. Uh, he had 11 carries for he did. 
52 yards. Um, and I mean, he's 6'2", 210 pounds. And I was looking uh, at some of his numbers from this past season. And I mean, he's shown that he has some receiving upside as well. He had uh, 43 receptions last season. So that's another guy that I, I would definitely be looking to target in the second round of rookie drafts. Somebody that I failed to mention that I really think has a first round grade on him, depending on in first round in both the NFL as well as uh, Superflex or not not Superflex, any kind of fantasy format. Trey McBride is a freak. I've been talking about him on the podcast for a little bit, and I've been talking to Jace about him. Uh, that man is an athletic specimen. He's a little bit shorter at six three for a tight end. But he had uh, two receptions for 12 yards. He only played barely any because he was like on the first team. And after like the first couple drives, he's like, all right, I'm done. Two catches, two catches, 12 yards, and one touchdown all week long. I would honestly say he had the best hands out of any receiver on either side of the ball. Uh, on not either side of the ball, either side of the uh, like the national or the American team. A lot of mocks have him either going to the Jets in the or in the late second, no, sorry, early second, or some other team in that like early second round range. I don't care where he is; he is an absolute freak in a unit and has incredible route running skills. And that I've seen all week long, he was burning DBs, he was burning linebackers, he was burning safeties. Anybody that was on him, he was he was going nuts over. And another tight end I will mention: Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. Had an incredible, incredible game. Three catches for 62 yards and a touchdown as well. So he's another guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, you brought up Trey McBride, and, you know, he's a shorter tight end, 6'2". And I've heard a lot of – I haven't seen much of his tape, if any at all, honestly. And, uh, no, actually, you sent me a clip in the Discord, and I, I checked it out. I do remember that now. But uh, a lot of analysts are saying, you know, if you like Irv Smith Jr., then you should like Trey McBride. Uh, Irv Smith is, you know, another 6'2 tight end guy. Um, you know, developing as a blocker because of that size, but just an athletic freak that, you know, we've seen it when uh, Irv, Irv Smith was healthy. I mean, he was a, a red zone monster there for a while. So um, like you said, athletic freak 6'2", but, you know, if he if he can separate from linebackers, DBs, I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, but, you know, the he gets tight the extra is, inch. I think he gets the extra inch. I think he's 6'3". Okay, uh, that's nice. Still a shorter guy, but, you know, um, athletic freak, like you said, uh, you always like the upside, but with guys like that, you're definitely going to be waiting a while for them to develop. That's just the the nature of the tight end beast at this point. He'll be the tight end number one off the board in the NFL. And depending on situation, I, I don't care. He's going to be the tight end number one off the board in fantasy as well. Yeah. I just, um, one more thing before we move on, Chase, I don't know if you had something, but um, Sam, how is it? The quarterback do not draft. Do yeah, not draft. I, I don't care where you're picking. Do not draft. I can't wait. I can't wait till he like proves you wrong. Okay. I didn't, I didn't I'll, even watch it. I'll but be I, I'll be in the front row. He, I'll, he's good. I'll shake he's his hand. Down. He is not good. You can't judge a man based on one senior bowl game. Or no, whatever. I I judged him based on his whole year this year and the senior bowl. Terrible. Never he's, judge a book by its cover. He was a projected first round pick this this upcoming season and then has completely fallen out of it. And I bet he slides into the fourth or fifth round. It's horrible, horrible tape this year and horrible game in the senior bowl. And he's and he's undersized. The only thing is that he can kind of run and he's a bruiser and he's got a funky personality like another quarterback from Cleveland. And he actually he actually kind of looks like Baker too, which is the scariest part. Handsome. All fellow. right. We digress. All right, we digress. That was enough from the Senior Bowl. Enough talk from the Senior Bowl. Again, seriously, it's a great, great, great week. Getting to see a lot of these uh, lesser-known guys be able to, to show it on the bigger stage. Um, moving forward, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl just for like three seconds, so don't, don't skip too much. But we do have something very important. Despite the game of two-hand touch, Alvin Kamara decided to play two-hand beat-em-up in the nightclub. Uh, in Las Vegas later on after the game. Uh, Alvin, sadly, is you – no, know, I wouldn't say sadly. I'd just say sadly for owners, but, you know, there's a human element to the game as well. Uh, 
Alvin is going to be facing one to five years in prison if convicted on his battery charge that he picked up after the Pro Bowl. Are we feeling a uh, steady plummet to zero, or do we think that Alvin plays next year? Man, I would hate to own Alvin. I know, I know one owner in this this league owns him, and ooh, just I feel yeah. bad. You're going to ride him right to talking. zero. Keep talking. It's all right, man. I'd sell. I'd sell the ship now. No, I, I don't know. It's too early to tell, but the guy didn't look good. I don't know. I can see him paying him off, but he's already up getting up there in age. It's just not worth the risk to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that need to to play out for me to do one thing or another. If anything, I'd be selling, but, I mean, I wouldn't be selling him like he's going to bottom out tomorrow. Like, we've seen it time and time again. Like, these dudes, I mean, they get in trouble and – they find their way back into to playing and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, he is an aging running back and, you know, the saints are just a, an absolute dumpster fire going on in new Orleans right now. So I, I don't know. I just, the whole thing is a lot of things need to play up before I'm really doing anything. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk as the resident Camara holder. I think that I've seen the story many times where, you know, guy does something wrong pays off the interested parties and then serves a suspension and comes back. I can say the same thing for Deshaun Watson, which is probably what's going to end up happening here. Tyreek Hill, similar situation happened to him. I'm just not ready to sell. So I'm not ready to buy as well. I think if you're a Camaro holder, just hold on to him for now. Let's say he even misses an entire season. I'm perfectly fine with still putting him into my lineup next year. He is, as we've talked about on the show, as as we have talked about on the show, he's one of the top elite running backs when he plays and has the least amount of touches amongst all of those elite running backs over the past six seasons. He barely got any touches in college and he barely gets any touches in the pros compared to all of his peers in that A slash S tier running back list. I'm perfectly fine with slotting him in, even if he does miss the entire season. So into the 2023 season, I'm perfectly fine with slotting him. But again, we are sitting here on the night of February 8th. So that's a long, long, long time away. Yeah. Question for you guys before I move on to this beautiful mock draft that we have here. Um, Alvin Kamara or 23 first. Um, I, I'll take the 23 first. Do I have a range on the 23 first? Late to, late to mid. Oof. Oh, that changes. Oife. I'll take Camara. Yeah, I'll take Camara. Sorry, it's 106 next year. Um, I'll still take Camara. I, I would say, yeah, I would take Camara. I would need a sprinkle of like some seconds or, a, yeah, I, I don't know, some kind of young forgotten about running back or something i don't know mm. mark ingram <laughs> mark ingram <laughs> rb1 tony, tony jones <laughs> tony jones all right anything else from the pro bowl uh besides the fact that mac jones's gritty was good despite not deserving to be there yeah man you you thought it was good too cuz i just saw people banging on him and i was like i mean I told you guys, I tried it out in the mirror one day and it was just not pretty. It made me want to throw up. I've never <laughs> tried it again. I mean, that was good. Like, I don't know, hey, look, man. Look, while the, while the shackles of Belichick are away, the mice will play, as they say. <laughs> All right. That's our wrap, of, wrap up of the Pro Bowl discussion. Um, we're going to do our dynasty mock. So, again, it is 12 teams. One quarterback, half PPR, four-point passing touchdown. We're going to do the first four rounds only, and then after that we'll get into a little Super Bowl talk and wrap up, okay? Let's do it. Let's get it. So to preface everything, first and foremost, we got Max at the 101. I am at the 107. Peter at the 109. And Nick C, super super producer Nick C at the 112 turn. Super producer Nixie. Super producer Nixie at the 112 turn. And uh, we are going to start this baby up with Max. Ooh, I love the sound effects. Uh, I wanted the 101 purely to select this person at 101. Um, If I have the 101, I don't 
Um, honestly, you can make the argument it's freaking super flex. I'm taking this guy 10 out of 10 times. It's Jamar Chase. You could say he's small sample size. What he did as a rookie with his like connection with Joe Burrow moving forward, I would pay, honestly, probably four first for him at least right now. I, I, no one would sell him for that. I, I love the man. You wouldn't sell him for four first-round picks? No, if I, I I would I'd buy four. I if I had four first, I'd send him to somebody for him. I would buy like if I owned Jamar Chase, I would sell him for four first. Please get him, and then I'll send you four first for you. Four twenty twenty three first done. That's what I got. Done. We'll move on. Move forward. So I'm up here at the one oh seven after Jamar Chase at the one oh one, and went Jonathan Taylor at the one oh two, Christian McCaffrey at the one oh three, Najee Harris at the one oh four. Patrick Mahomes at the 105, DeAndre Swift at the 106, and now I am up, and this is – it just seems too good to be true at this point. Justin Jefferson is just sitting right here. I am just an absolute slave to wide receivers. I was going to take a wide receiver in the first round uh, no matter what, and the second best one overall falls right into my lap at 107, so that's who I am going with. All right, so I find myself up here at the 109, seeing that Justin Jefferson's taken at the 7, and then Mr. Alvin Kamara gets taken at the 8. As the season moves forward, I would expect Kamara's draft value, especially in startups, to slide, so just expect that moving forward. But I look here, I see a lot of older running backs, like Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Eckler, Henry, guys that I'm not particularly comfortable with at this point in my draft. Um, And as a lot of people know, moving into their individual drafts, we're all trying to win a championship every year. This is very true. Mm -hmm. And when we see a draft board come to us, I'm not going to lock myself in to competing or rebuilding. It's not something that I necessarily want to do. So you want to find a guy who's in that sweet sweet space, that nice range where he's not too old to be considered a dinosaur, not too young to be considered, you know, not competing right now. Like, uh, like a CD lamb. Like I'm not going to take CD lamb in the first round. Oh, I thought you were going to, when I saw him there, after you listed all those RVs, no. Uh, no, no, no. Tyreek Devante and CD are the next three wide receivers left. So CD's your boy CD is my boy, but, and again, there's too much risk and too much variability with that Cowboys offense to be taking him in the first round here. So when I see a guaranteed value wide receiver who has not hit his age, you know, quote unquote peak and is tied to Patrick Mahomes for the next, I would say, mm-hmm. honestly, five years, I'd say a guaranteed five years. He's tied to him. He's a perfect middle ground where he's not too old and he's not too young. And he has perfect trade value that won't reset unless he does something stupid like Mr. Kamara did this week. So I'm going to take Tyreek Hill at the 109 uh, and let those older running backs pass to some other league mates, some other league mates that are going to eventually make that wrong decision. All right. So, Peter, you definitely just sniped me. I was looking to get a little Tyreek (laughs) at this uh, first-round turn right here. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to have to pivot off, but Dalvin Cook and Eckler uh, go in between our picks. So I don't know. I'm sitting here on the clock. I uh, This is a tough one. But This is a tough spot to be in right here. The, the snake. The snake is very important, as yeah. you know, and you're not going to be picking for another 23 picks after yours. Right. I think um, I think I'm going to go with uh, – one of Max's darlings. I, I'm going to have to go with DK Metcalf here, even though it might be a kind of r- risky pick, but I don't know. I just uh, trust the talent. The dude's a freak. So probably just have to go uh, DK with my first pick. I love it. I love it. So now that I got me some DK Metcalf, I'm looking on the board. I'm not in love with a lot of the RBs. Uh, and I don't know, I could go with another cornerstone wide receiver, but I think I'll, I'll probably just have to uh, go with the tight end one, Kyle Pitts. 
Um, I think, at the two oh one. Yeah, I think I don't know. It's it's definitely a reach, um, but I think his upside is unlimited, and I'd rather Un- have additional upside. So unlimited. I have never heard that in regard to a fantasy player. His upside is unlimited. There's no ceiling. Honestly, I I was sitting outer space. We're sitting in outer space with Kyle yeah. Pitts. There's no limits. Yo, I was thinking about him today. Just like, you know, I feel like there's a big shift coming in the NFL. Where like a lot of the really good talents that we kind of grew up playing fantasy with, the Devonte Adams, the uh, the DeAndre Hopkins, you know, the Derrick Henrys, like all these big guys, the Travis Kelsey's, they're all kind of like getting close to the end. We're watching Tom, Big Ben, all these old legends leave in the NFL. Is, I feel like just shifting and becoming younger. It's like about to reset in a big way. And like Kyle Pitts, if, you know, Travis Kelsey's done eventually, you know, Mark Andrews, we'll see if he can continue his dominance moving forward. But if he's just like a true wide receiver on the outside getting like anywhere between like eight to 12 targets a game. Like that's the upside we see for him, him at the tight end spot. I know it's been said a thousand times. I mean, it, it literally would be unfair. Like there would be people like, you know, tweeting sleeper like crazy. Um, you know, you got to make Kyle, Kyle Pitts a, a wide receiver, not a tight end. So um, yeah, I don't know. He's the cheat code. It's a little bit of a reach, but he's so young and you could just in a handful of years, like, he could single-handedly just win you a league um, with the positional scarcity. What I'm getting at, Nick, C, is that you love my dynasty team with DK and Kyle Pitts. Is what yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> I, I think, too, a little like more rationale with that pick is just because I'm on the turn. I know coming back at 312, I mean, there, there might still be a couple top tight end guys left, but there's a lot of picks in between that, and I'd yeah. rather – get pits right now and then worry about it later definitely yeah so after kyle pitts runs off the board at the 201 we get javonta williams at the 2-2 sniping me and then nick chubb at the 2-3 both team 11 and 10 went double running backs to start not what i like to see uh after taking a wide receiver in the first round when i look at the board now i feel pressure to take a running back since a lot of these good younger guys are starting to go. They're starting to go. The wide receivers are stacked. They are absolutely stacked. I, love I could the wide go receivers here. I could go double wide receiver. We still have CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, and AJ Brown all on the board. Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs. A lot of great, great, great receivers here, but I am feeling the pressure to grab a running back. I won't pick again for another like 18 picks. I know that there's receiver value, receiver value later on. I need to grab running back value right now at this pick. So I see Derrick Henry, Saquon, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers as those like premier next up picks. Um, And call me a clown, but I'm going to take Antonio Gibson here. Ooh. I've seen Gibson play and on the newly uh, the newly called Commanders. He was an incredible player this year, fought through a lot of injury, and finished off the season, I believe, top 16 as a running back this season. Mm. Finished off the season really, really, really strong. I know it's a risky pick, but I did need running back. I'm not fully in on Saquon this year. I would rather have Gibson than Saquon in a heartbeat uh, moving forward. Yeah, Gibson, that you could call that a reach, but like he's still a really young dude. He's shown, you know, to have a nose for the end zone. JD McKissick, we don't know what's going to happen with him this offseason. We, you know, we've made the case from a thousand times converted wide receiver to a running back. The upside really is really high for a guy like him. And some um, would say unlimited. Oh, that was nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I really don't hate that pick. Um, but for me, um, well, I'll let you know who went after that. Devontae Adams went right after at the two five. I am back up at the two six. And uh, just, you know, for me in this draft and pretty much with a lot of my drafts moving forward, I'm really going to focus on building around wide receivers. And in this one, just because I got Justin Jefferson, he's such a foundational piece. I'm going to try to stay really young here. Uh, grab another wide receiver to build around and uh, 
this is uh, A.J. Brown, man. I'm taking A.J. Brown at the 2-6 to pair with Justin Jefferson. So late. That's so late for A.J. It's super late. I feel like it's a steal, honestly. Like Starting my my team with these two just – it feels really safe and makes me – I'd be really happy looking forward to the future with this team. I know you wanted CD there, Freck. I did want CD. I was watching the board and CD went, um, but that's okay. Um, I'm. It's funny that Jace said that. Like I'm on the same page as Jace. Like I look at these running backs and I look at everything. Just run down who went. Oh yeah. So after after AJ Brown went Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, CD Lamb, Joe Mixon, and uh, Kyler Murray, who might not play on an NFL team anymore. After <laughs> according to his Instagram, but shout uh, out the Athletics. Shout out the Athletics. Shout but out. It, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you, Jace. Like in my one league, like I'm building around wide receivers. I have DK. Um, this guy who I'm gonna take here, which you guys might think is a stretch. Um, if you if you're in the league, I'm ready to pick. It's Jalen Waddle. I, I think the sky is unlimited for him as well. Um, he's so young, love the new head coaching hire. Wow. And I mean to have Jamar <laughs> Chase and Jalen Waddle, I'm all for it, man. These sleeper sound effects are solid, man. Yeah, they're creeping into our audio. (laughs) So Max goes with Jalen Waddell at the 212, Mr. Mike McDaniel's new favorite weapon. Max finds himself back up on the board at the 3-1. He already has Jamar Chase as well as Jalen Waddell, the young studs, uh, number five and then number six overall, respectively, in their draft class. Yeah, I I really want to take Cooper Cup. I really, I probably will. Um, but part of me really wants to take Debo Samuel. And the other part of me wants to take uh, T. Higgins, but I have Tremar Chase, so I can't I take think mm. I think this pick is really instrumental, uh, instrumental here for your team to decide if you're going to compete now or if you're going to be a young stud kind of team. Because that the young stud kind of team is its own version. The com- compete now, it's a lot of like older guys and stuff like that that you know is going to carry you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. But those young studs, they have the chance to like upset anybody on any given Sunday. Yeah, I think if you know if you go with Cooper Cup here, you're the rest of your draft, you're going to want to draft a lot safer than you normally would with if, if you went with a, a younger guy. Like if your window, uh, Cooper Cup shortens your window up a little bit, right? Because he's a 28 year old wide receiver. So you're kind of going to have to be picky about you know, guys that are also going to fit that shorter window. If you go with another, I don't know, super young guy like Debo, super young guy, like you have a lot more flexibility to take a couple upside shots and whiff because you have, you know, those extra years of windows or that extra couple years for your window. And then, you know, you get to take your stab at the rookie draft again and try from there again. So it it just kind of depends on how you want to construct. But Cooper Cup would definitely be a very pivotal pick for your roster, I think. Yeah, I think I'm ready to make the pick. Um, the listeners might they might be throwing tomatoes. They might be doing whatever. I'm taking Mark Andrews. Um, Whoa, Marky wow. Mark out of left yep. field, the grassy knoll. Like Nixie said, oh. tight end such a scarce position. He's so young, and with Lamar Jackson, I mean, to have Chase, Waddle, and Andrews, that could make me compete now. It also can help me compete later. Like Absolutely. It's big. I wanted Marky wow. Mark with my three nine. Uh, with my three nine. No, no, no. The Mandrews. Wow. Well, after that goes Cooper Cup at three two. Debo Samuel at three three. So the two guys you were considering, and then Marky Mark comes out of left field. Stefan Diggs at three four. Traylon Burks at three five. Drake London at the three six. Both go right in front of me. If Burks would have been there, he would have been my auto pick at three seven. Um, but now I'm looking at the board. There's Josh Allen, there's Brees Hall, Justin Herbert, Garrett Wilson, who, um, if you haven't seen his tape, the dude is an athletic freak. freak. freak oh my God. The, the way he can change directions when he's running downhill and make you think he's running one way and then turning another so fast. He's a lot like Cooper cup like that, where his, his ankles are on the swivel. Uh, if that's yeah. like that's the whole uh, like Barry Sanders whoop thing from Chris Berman, that that's what <laughs> yeah. he references. It's just like he changed direction and like the wheels didn't even stop turning. Whoop. Dude, and his head is straight down like he's gonna run someone over. Like it's he's a freak. He's a he's freak. a freak. He he's someone I would consider here, but you know I don't know where his landing spot is at that point. Feels kind of risky and uh, you know oh 
way down the board here, you know, running backs sitting around, like I said, Brees Hall, there's Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Kenneth Walker. You don't know where he's going to go. I'm just – I'm not interested in the running backs here. Um, but T. Higgins is sitting all the way down the board right here. Oh, you uh, narc. This is a guy I really love. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know I love him. At one point I had him ranked over Jamar Chase in my overall dynasty rankings. I don't anymore, but I still really love him as a dynasty asset. Um, as a dynasty wide receiver, he's probably top 10 to top 12 for me. So to get him in the third round as my flex to go along with Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown, I'm a very happy camper. I'm loving the team, Jace. So T. Higgins goes at the 3-7, sniping me by two picks. <laughs> Cam Akers at the 3-8. And I look at my team's construction right now. I see Tyreek Hill and Antonio Gibson, both guys that are going to compete this year while still having value into the future. And I say, are any of the pieces on the board worth me pushing all my chips in for the year? Is anybody on there? I understand. That's something I was going to talk about. I see Travis Kelsey here, and I see Tyreek Hill on my roster already. Mm, True that. The stack is too scary. Can you imagine if you had a Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf stack this year? That would have been and Russ goes tough. down. Yeah, that would have and been you never really predict tough. you never say that injuries are going to happen, but it's more probable when you have a stack that obviously more risk is going to be inserted with it. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not looking for Travis Kelsey here. And I feel like I can get a good tight end on the spin back at four four anyway. There's a lot of still good viable tight ends. I don't like any of the running backs here that would, you know, force me to push my chips in. I don't like any of the wide receivers here. Like Terry McLaurin's good, but he's a question mark. DJ Moore is who DJ Moore is. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, I see a guy who has been insanely consistent in his career over the past two seasons at being efficient and putting up the highest score on your fantasy lineup every single week. I am not a proponent of drafting a quarterback in the third round, but when Josh Allen is sitting here at the three, nine, I take Josh Allen every single time. Wow. Way, way to throw the pick away. No, I'm with Peter there. Honestly, the only other guy I was considering uh, over T. Higgins in my 3-7 spot was Josh Allen. Like, I, I love him. I don't have him anywhere, but just watching him run down the stretch in the playoffs and just – I mean, he is just a real downhill runner he- that – I think, you know, after this season, he didn't score a whole lot of rushing touchdowns. I think he's due for a ton of regression in that department. Like, he's too much of a weapon for them not to use him like that down in the red zone. So, that and he has got a hose of an arm. So, he's my number one dynasty quarterback over Mahomes. He is, he's, he's a freak when you really think about it because he runs, I wouldn't say as quickly as Lamar, but he yeah. runs at a similar, like, equivalent level where it's Mm -hmm. like he is a great runner because he will run dudes over that Lamar won't. So I'd say he's like a even or like minus lower grading on his running. And he is a brilliant passer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is, he's a freak and he is so consistent because that rushing yardage is built into his, his stats. And again, I've said it once I've said it a thousand times. If you want to win a championship, you're not going to do it with Matt Ryan as quarterback. You need to have a premier, I'd say top eight guy. And if you can have a top like three guy that Josh Allen is, you can have a top three guy that Josh Allen is. He's going to put up the most amount of points on your fantasy roster year over year, week over week. And you don't want guys to put out duds because when your quarterback mm-hmm. puts up a 10 point game or an eight point game, that's when you lose. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know. It's a def- you're definitely in a tough spot. I agree with your Travis Kelsey analysis. I'm surprised you didn't take Calvin Ridley, Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, one of them. I know I know you're pretty high on all that. Well, I know I know the swing back is coming, and I only had six picks until I pick again, and I'm fine with any of the six swing, falling to me. Okay. No, I mean, it makes sense. You're definitely in a tough spot. Um, I won a championship starting Big Ben at my quarterback spot two weeks. <laughs> well, you also, had, you also had a God squad. The rest of the line. For, for the new listeners, for the new listeners we've recently gotten, tell them your lineup. My original lineup before injury was uh, my whatever. I'll tell them. I had Big Ben, 
Uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, Chubb, Lamar was my real quarterback. Uh, DK, Devontae. Yeah, keep going. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I had Keenan Allen. Dallas Cowboys defense. Dallas D. Daniel Carlson. I had a good team. It's 12 so, it, so it takes a miracle and a lot of <laughs> finessing, finessing in trades, not equal trades, to get a team like that to win without a top tier quarterback. No, I wouldn't say finessing. I just, oh. I, like to, I love to give good deals. Um, like if you come to me, you're, you know you're getting a deal done. That's just kind of my motto. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Unless you're offering 24 first. <laughs> Listen, you know, Max's team, it was organic growth, you know, just organic growth, not a single time that a trade wasn't fair. Never. That's how it works. Um, (laughs) Moving forward after my Josh Allen pick, very surprising, but the sleeper AI for the 10 and 11 team picked running backs. So they have three backs between each team. So six total running backs between the two teams, no position players. So I know some position players outside of running back are going to be taken on that swing back, but we have Nick C at the three twelve coming up on his last two picks. Right. So goes uh, Aaron Jones and then Brees Hall uh, in between me and Peter. And it's tough to see because I was definitely going to be targeting Brees Hall uh, with one of my uh, third, third or fourth picks. Um, so now I'm kind of in a spot where I still don't have a running back. I, I'm not super excited with this pick, but I'll, I think I have to go Dobbins. Um, mm. Even though he's coming off the injury, I, I don't know. There's some workload concerns from his rookie year, but the way my squad's built right now, just I, I would have taken Brees Hall if he was available. So I think – um, it makes sense for me to go RB. And then now I'm at the point where I have some young guys on my squad. So I'm just going to commit to not winning now. I'm I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. He's a freak. He's an yeah, absolute freak. I, I definitely have to like dive more into his tape, but I like the prospect of having him in DK. My team's young and, uh, if I don't win this year, I'll just be ready Another for the year. draft. So, Yeah, no, I, I like the Dobbins pick. He's a guy that I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about. And like you said, there, there's always been like those workload concerns from his rookie year. He's always been a guy that's, you know, split snaps. Um, and Gus Edwards is going to be back this next season um, coming off of uh, – also coming off of a torn ACL – um, but I believe he's an unrestricted free agent after that. I believe he just signed a two-year extension. So J.K. Dobbins, I think he's 23 years old right now in the future in that Ravens rushing attack, running RPOs with Lamar. Like, I think he'll be great. You know, he might not be a true workhorse catching a ton of passes or getting 20 carries a game, but he'll be one of the more efficient backs in the league with uh, the way the Ravens want to run the ball. So um, along with that, I love Garrett Wilson. Drake London went at the 3-6 in front of me at 3-7. Personally, I think Garrett Wilson is – I have him ranked over Drake London. Peter talks about it all the time. You know, Drake London, he – big dude, big athletic dude, but profiles more as a 50-50 ball guy. He's more of a – he's less of a separator as, as the yeah. the verbiage goes. Yeah, he's more of a contested catch guy and like – Those guys um, never I, pan. I, I still love Drake London, but – Watch Garrett Wilson tape because he has zero problems separating. And when he gets the ball in his hand, oh, my God. So I I love that pick to pair with DK. And I'm not trying to uh, show my New York Jets bias, but somehow it always finds a way into the episode. He reminds me a lot of a first-round grade Elijah Moore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin, I'm, I'm saying he's a better prospect than Elijah Moore. I'm just saying Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson is that kind of smaller finesse type mm-hmm. wide receiver. And the league is moving more and more finesse as it, as it ages. And with these uh, like, it's just becoming more and more athletic and less about size. Yeah. Size and power. Yeah. That's one of the, it's like these linemen are running like four, eight forties now. <laughs> like yeah. what is this? 
It's crazy. I, I heard a quote from somewhere saying like comparing Drake London and Garrett Wilson, since I brought it up, Drake London is just a big, powerful dude. He pretty much runs his routes and runs after the catch at the same speed. Garrett Wilson is like, you know, a stick shift car. Like he has so many different gears and speeds and like he can s- slow it down, speed it up as, you know, as fast as you can snap your fingers. And, you know, there's a huge difference when he's running his route as hard as he can. And then he's running with the ball as hard as he can. Like it is, I mean, the acceleration, the nitro that he has in the tank. He's is, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. That's a great nickname for him. He, he's he's money. Tokyo Drift. We have a new nickname. All right. I see myself at the 4-4 now that Garrett Wilson goes at the 4-1. Uh, Walker from Michigan State goes at the 4-2. And then Justin Herbert goes to the 4-3. I don't mind Herbert there. Still would rather have taken a position player. But I look at my team. I have a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver in Tyreek Hill, Antonio Gibson, and Josh Allen. I think that there's a lot of open space here for my team to do whatever it wants. It's still not locked into any specific role. I think I have to grab hmm. (laughs) looking at this, it is so hard to decide what you need to grab because I know when those running backs fall back around, I'm going to have some guys looking at like Michael Carter being graded in like the seventies for uh, rank right now, or like quote unquote ADP. So I know in the fifth round, I'll be able to have some guys fall back around that I could start at running back. So I'll take the, the more proven talent guys instead of these question marks at running back. I'm either on DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, or Chris Godwin, or Deontay Johnson, to be quite fair. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson has too many questions. DJ Moore has too many questions. Chris Godwin has too many questions, and Calvin Ridley has too many questions. So I'll take the healthy guy who has put up a 1,000 yards every cool. single season, despite the quarterback, despite anything. I'll take DJ Moore and hope and pray to the dear Lord above that Russ goes there. So I take DJ Moore at the 4-4, rounding out my receiving core of Tyreek Hill and DJ Moore. My team is still relatively super young too, which is at this point in the fourth round, I'm looking at my team and I say, okay, I'm building a young stud team. I'm going to build a lot of younger players that have high capital value as of right now, and that's going to be my team moving forward so that I can pivot at any given moment. I really thought you'd take Kittle, Peter, not going to lie. I can't take Kittle. Big Mike would yell at me. <laughs> I I would I'm, I I really thought you were going tight end, whether it was Kelsey or Kittle. Yeah, I kind of felt like you were going that way too. Um, but you ended up taking my guy, DJ Moore. I was really hoping he would fall to me here. Um, you know, the running backs uh, in this range um, at the four six after George Kittle goes, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, Isaiah Spiller. Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, not a good bunch to pick from if you ask for uh, if you ask me. Uh, wide receiver, we got Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey still on the board, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin. At quarterback, the next highest ranked quarterback is Joe Burrow. Um, for me, I don't know. As young as I am, I know I could you know grab a couple decent running backs and make myself a decent competitor this year, but. I'm going to keep stalling my window. I'm going to keep loading wide receiver talent onto my roster. Um, you know, this guy um, is probably someone I'm going to try to move on from in a couple of years and try to flip it um, for someone to fit the age range of Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown and T Higgins. Cause they're all within, you know, a year or two of each other. Um, but I'm going to go with Chris Godwin here at the four, six injured right now. But like I said, um, I'm a compete later team and I have the time to wait on him. So, uh, Chris Godwin at four, six, loving the pick. Godwin's great, man. Uh, I'm still super high on him, but the ACL injury, you know, just some guys come back weird and different from it, especially those like physical route runners that are still skilled. So he's got like a little bit of a, a bigger frame while being athletic. I don't know how that's going to hold up with the ACL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, like we just saw Cam Akers come back from that Achilles. You know, modern medicine is truly a thing of beauty. So he's a guy that I think he'll be hungry to come back and get right. And I, I still really love Chris Godwin as well. But 
the only you know future eagle time. chris godwin yo future that jet would suck future jet <laughs> that that wouldn't suck so bad but yeah the eagles would not be good i would hate that all right, from Jace's pick at the 4-6, Terry McLaurin goes 4-7, Montgomery 4-8, Calvin Ridley 4-9, Zeke 4-10, Travis Etienne 4-11 without a single snap in his NFL career, somehow going 4-11. And then 4-12, we find Max for our last pick. Yeah, I'm uh, a pretty bold guy, I would say. You guys could probably guess where this is going. It's not going running back. It's not going quarterback. Which wide receiver do you guys think it is? Between Deontay. Hopkins, Deontay, Keenan Allen, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Devonta Smith. You said bold. I think you're going to go grab uh, Devonta Smith. This is this man knows me. I'm taking Devonta Smith. Um, you're crazy over Deontay. Correct. Chad Chase, Waddle, and Smith all are, I think, 22 years old, 23 years old. And all top ten picks last year, um, with Mark Andrews, I love that team. I would give up a lot to have that team, and uh, I love it. I like that too. I, I like that too. Just to summarize our teams, Max from the one hundred and one position went Chase, Waddle, and then on the turnaround went Andrews. Coming back on that four twelve goes Devonta Smith. At the one seven, Jace goes Jefferson. A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, and then Chris Godwin, four wide receivers. Oh, I uh, my... love that squad. I love that start so much. You know what's like... crazy? You know what's crazy? You can only start three of them. Oh, I don't care. I just want to look at them. I just want to yeah, look at them. I, I, I need... Oh, my God. You could play the matchups with all those guys when they're all healthy. Good Lord. That's like that... those antique car collectors that, that they don't even drive them. They're like, I just nice. want to look at them. Just wipe it down with a baby diaper. <laughs> All right. Uh, myself at the 1-9, I go, Mr. Tyree Kill, who we are giving a jersey away on Twitter. Look for our <laughs> pinned tweet on Twitter and give that a give us a follow, retweet the tweet, and you'll be entered into the giveaway for this upcoming Super Bowl Sunday. That was your Smooth. sponsored infomercial during the, uh, <laughs> during the mock draft. Antonio Gibson at the 2-4 for my team, and then I take the Stallion, Josh Allen, at 3-9 and wrap it up with DJ Moore at the 4-4. And then finishing up our draft from that turn corner, we have Nick C taking DK Decarius Metcalf at the 112. Kyle, Mr. Unicorn Pitts, JK, my ACL is still hurting. Dobbins, and then Mr. Tokyo Drift himself, Garrett Wilson at the 4-1. Great draft, guys. We'll post it on Twitter. We'll make sure uh, we put a Twitter post out, see who won. We'll do a little poll. Um, and with that being said, we're going to move into our last little segment, five minutes, and we're going to do some Super Bowl picks, a little bit of a teaser before our gambling special on Saturday, but we're going to talk Super Bowl for a little bit right now before we wrap up. Uh, we already shared my lock of the week, didn't we? We shared it as a teaser at the end of last episode, but remind everybody because the line hasn't moved. I'm shocked that the line hasn't moved. Like I no, said, but I, the juice has moved up though. It was even money when Max shouted out. It's up to minus one eighteen at this point. So like, uh, you know, grab it at if you like it at minus four, you better grab it because the juice moving like that probably means it'll flop to a four and a half here pretty soon. I'll, I'll take four and a half. I'll take all the way up to nine and a half. Um, I think minus four is a gift. Um, I really think the Rams win by double digits. I've been on this ever since the line came out. Um, it's just, it's, it's the destiny. It's the narrative. It's Stafford. It's Odell. It's Donald. It's Miller. It's Ramsey. They're getting a ring. They're going to do it. Quote unquote, too big to fail. Yes, I agree. Joe Burrow, two years in the league. Great run. Not going to be enough. The Rams by at least 10. We have talked about a lot of those defenses, not really showing up against the Bengals. And a lot of those defenses and a lot of those, sorry, corresponding offenses kind of poop in the bed. I was talking with Big Mike this week, uh, who's a first, uh, not first time, who's a OG listener. Uh, was talking to him, shooting texts back and forth. That's what you get to do if you listen to the podcast for long enough. You get to text back and forth with us. Uh, but we were talking and we said the only way that the Rams lose this game 
The only way they lose this game is if Matt Stafford has a doy-doy game. I agree. That is mm-hmm. the only way that they lose the game. That defense is too skilled to not completely destroy Cincinnati's offensive line. Yeah, I agree. I th- I mean, the Rams really are just, like, too big to lose in this scenario. They got the better defense. Um, you know, I think they got the better head coach for sure. I don't. You can make an argument that Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, you know, you could argue that they're maybe a better offense per se, but Sean McVay is a wizard, and I think he equals that out pretty good. I, I think you're right. Stafford, if he farts the bed, like, yeah, that's how they lose. Other than that, like, they – they really should wipe the floor with them, honestly, in my opinion. Like, if this game were happening a handful of weeks ago in the middle of the season, like, the line would probably line be would at, be like, six like and a half seven or seven. And a half. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really pulling for – I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, but uh, I should be rooting for the Bengals. But Matthew Stafford is one of the loves of my life, and I just want to see him hoist the, the Lombardi over his head and put a big smile on his face, but – I did want to tease a bet, not even tease it. I want to give it out right now uh, just because I didn't want the lines to move too Generous. much. It, because it was plus money. Um, let me give you the stats behind it first before I can even find it. Um, Matthew Stafford, here are his passing touchdowns um, broken down by quarter. Um, in the first quarter this season, he has thrown four touchdowns. In the second what? quarter – he has thrown 15 in the third quarter. He's thrown 10 in the fourth quarter, 12. So he's thrown 15. That's the most it's in the second quarter. The Cincinnati Bengals on the season. Here we go. In-depth up, analysis. Give up. Where else point, are you getting this? No, nowhere else, baby. 7.9 points allowed in the second quarter on the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's 23rd in the NFL over, over their there. last three playoff games. They are giving up 10 points. In the second quarter, I love Matthew Stafford to throw a touchdown in the second quarter. That was offered on FanDuel for, I believe, plus 100 or plus 110. It's not under player props. It's under game props. Um, Go through game props. There's a ton of them. I believe it's under quarter props is what it says. But if you can find that, it's plus money for him to throw a second quarter touchdown. I love that prop this week. Wow. All right. You got me Venmo in my... My uh, my plug <laughs> right now to put that one in. <laughs> Something I will say, it's a great storyline game, and we'll go in on uh, Saturday's episode and, and talk about it and, and really enjoy ourselves reminiscing on the season and then uh, give our gambling picks this Saturday. We will be doing head uh, – we'll be doing a coin toss as well. So everybody's going to pick a coin toss. I already, I've had mine for six weeks now, but I was sitting in the car. I was at a red light and the thought popped in my head. The coin toss is going to be blank. And I said, you know what? I can't not bet it. And I'm two for two on the last two years when I get stopped at a red light and think about what Mm. it's going to be. So I've been, I've been itching to share this information (laughs) with the world. All right. That's the episode. Shout out again for all the support. I know it might seem corny for us to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I know it has to be said. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. We get a lot of outpour of love and support for the show. Uh, we just reached 100 followers on Twitter, uh, and that is is skyrocketing as we speak. We're, we're getting a lot of people in. I expect to be at 200 probably within the next month. Uh, so seriously, thank you again so much from all of us here to you. Uh, it truly means the world to us that number one, you listen. And then number two, that you actually take our advice and ask for it as well. Uh, we're just a couple of guys that love fantasy that, uh, that could not stop talking to each other about it. So we said, why not be a resource for everybody else? So again, thank you so much for everybody out there, all their constant love and support for the podcast. Anything hey. before we close? Yeah, I got something fun for you guys. Um, You know, I found that Matthew Stafford to throw a touchdown in the second quarter bet. It's under QB props. I I didn't think I'd already placed a unit on it, but uh, I just placed a second unit on that bet. So I will be riding hard on that prop. So, uh, you know, if that's another boost of confidence for you guys, I have two units on this thing by accident. So let's ride.
All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Next week, we are going to be diving into some player profiling for the next class and getting some of our rankings all combined and and together. So don't expect our rankings show next week, but we're going to start to get that together and get some player dialogue moving forward uh, for these rookies coming up. Because by the time, next time you hear us, there will be a new Super Bowl champion. Well, actually, no, because we'll have the gambling episode. But the next fantasy episode will have a new Super Bowl champion. We'll be looking into the 2022 season and trying to help you with your mock drafts and real drafts moving forward. Rams minus 20 and a half. (laughs) There it is. What What a great way to end. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.